Top Shelf Fantasy. What is going on, Shelfies? We got another podcast coming at you tonight. Top Shelf Podcast number 271. Tonight we got start sits coming at you live. We haven't been able to get this for you a ton on the season. We're happy to do it. We've got a great guest in the studio. Kyle, what's going on, brother? Hey, hey. Thanks for having me again. Of course. And always, we got me and Scotty here to give you our awful opinions and probably hit about 60% of our sleepers. We're just so pretty good, I think. No, we had a good week last week. Yeah, we I think. Yeah, it was 60, I think. The yeah. Week before, we're decent, too. So we're climbing back up. We just had one bad week, really. Yeah. Um, 65% last week. I, 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 I think on the season, you have like 60%. I'm like 52%. Not great. Uh, we'll get better, though. As long as it's over 50, I think it's fine. Yeah. And I mean, again, we always say this every single season. Like, we're not picking Patrick Mahomes on a weekly basis. Like, these are you know uh people that we kind of teeter on the edge about you know 50 percent start rates is is a, is a typical start for us guys that we sit are like 70 plus percent uh you know started across leagues so we're not taking the easy way out which definitely impacts our overall percentage but uh as always to get these starts hits check out our website topshowfantasy.com follow us on twitter facebook instagram i'm never going to be able to call it x i just can't, can't get that through my head but it's uh, at topshelffntsy and uh yeah i guess we'll just get into the news all right. Uh, first on the news is Chris Olave gets arrested. Um, it's not as bad as Henry Ruggs, just going 35 miles over the l- limit. I think it's a n- non-issue. I would think so. I mean, it's not, you know, going a buck 60 and a th- 30 like Ruggs did. So hopefully yeah, it's, it's, it's not no penalty or exempt list kind of thing. I, I doubt it is. Yeah, I can't imagine he grabs any type of penalty on this. Um, it's, I, I mean, at worst, it's a reckless driving. I think you can get that for like anything over twenty over, anyways. So um, it's not like he, you know, he cooperated. He doesn't have the, you know, best video there where he name drops himself. But um, you that know, was did, the best. It's a, I played with the, the Saints. Cops like, like okay, okay. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> I don't think it's a, I think it's a non-issue. I don't think he's going to miss any time. Um, I think at most it's a distraction for him, but I don't think that's going to affect his play. It's you know he's a football player; he'll be fine. Derek yeah. Carr just just dri- driving these receivers mad. <laughs> he was, you know, that's why he was speeding. He was like, I have to get away from this guy Dude, so fast. I mean, if it's, it's rugs. Now it's lava. It's like shit, man. This guy <laughs> just just does not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from a league perspective, in another New Orleans player in Alvin Kamara, the league took over a year to figure out if they were going to suspend him or not. So, yeah, I agree with both of you. I think it's pretty safe to say that Olave is going to start for the rest of the season with no issue. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. If anything, it's 2024 season, but even at that, it's it's not much. Um, I mean, if he would just have pulled over. And hit someone in the face, um, he probably be fine. <laughs> but he 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 sped, so he probably get like four games next year. Um, in much more serious news, Justin Ross uh traded Kyle three two third round picks in in dynasty for him. Um, two charges. Dad, you can talk about that. Yeah, I saw domestic violence and then <laughs> destruction of personal property exceeding twenty five thousand dollars. Uh. It's definitely not a good look. Um, I don't. I don't know much more detail than that, unfortunately. But 
uh, being on the commissioner's exempt list prevents him from practicing or attending team events or going to any games. So he's, he's fully away from a receiving room that he needs to be in to build rapport at a pretty uh, crucial juncture of the season. If he, if he was going to do anything of value, Um, I would probably guess that given the, uh, let's say the, the, the scope of the NFL right now and how they're dealing with uh, these things, he's probably done for at least the season. And then who knows beyond that, he also is still, you know, recovering from a pretty serious injury. Um, I just, the, the chances that teams take on these guys are not the Justin Ross caliber guys, you know, it's, you hate to even bring his name up and give him any uh, screen time or audio time, but like Greg Hardy got a lot of chances because he was a really good football player. A lot of guys get a lot of chances when they're really, really good football players. We haven't seen that from Justin Ross. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's more or less watching out of league or maybe battling to stay on practice squads next season. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, so. really disappointing. <laughs> to your yeah, point, because, you know, I like the guy. I thought he was a great football player, but the situation like this, when you're a nobody is, is a death sentence. Yeah, he had a yep. he had a tough run from yep. injury perspective. It was an absolute stud in college, and then to see this, I mean, there's really no excuse for domestic violence and property damage charges. So, wholeheartedly agree. Just, uh, I thought really somebody shame. say uh, he had a really short stint in the NFL because <laughs> he had that stint put in his neck. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. Well, <clears throat> not fucked up now because he's a bad guy. Yeah, he's the bad guy. So it's okay. I can make these jokes. There were so uh, many. Moving on, though, to a not bad guy. Seems like a pretty stand-up guy. Scott's favorite person in the NFL. Marvin football Jones uh, is stepping away from football to deal with some sort of personal family matter. Uh, not a lot of details coming out, but the Lions are either said to release him or have officially released him now. I'm not really sure where they stand on they that. Did. Yeah. Okay, um, they did, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, th- he's 33. I think he went to this team to do what he did with the Jags. You know, a mentor kind of guy. Um just pretty much retiring from from the league. I mean, w- w- which is fine. I, I can have a whole podcast on Marvin Jones, but um, <laughs> that's for a d- different day. Fantastic guy, um, likable. Nothing bad to say about him at all. Sleeper, um, best friend, attractive, <laughs> handsome. Um, I, like I said, it's a different podcast. But Marvin Jones, thank you for your time. Yeah, I did want to toss in one other piece of news, too, um, for, uh, you know, a lot of the Dynasty people that listen to our podcast. Uh, Kayshawn Booty, Bout, Bout, Butte, whatever his name is, uh, he just posted on Instagram today, free me or something like that, set me free. And then Bill Belichick had a press conference where he kind of laid into him for lack of performance, lack of production and uh, inability to do anything impressive in practice to the point that he can get on the field. So. Um, with the trade deadline coming, he might be a guy, if you wanted to, to say a change of scenery, could get something done. I'm not sure how you trade uh, first-year players, if it's even legal. I don't know how the, the CBA protects them, but um looks like he wants out. Belichick might want to cut ties sooner rather than later on a guy like that. If you have any faith in him or you think that he could be what he was at LSU, maybe he's a guy you could pick up real, real cheap and then let, we'll see what happens. But um, that's, that's just a, a very minor move for maybe some struggling dynasty franchises. Yeah, but I mean, like, the league too, like, knows that like if you can't make it in Belichick's house, I don't want you. Like, there's no work ethic. There's talking back. Like, if you can't do it here, I don't know where you can do it. Yeah, exactly. Not a lot of other coaches have a better, uh, you know, way of reigning in players. So maybe yeah. Mike Tomlin. Maybe Tomlin can get it done. He seems to be a good. He's the only one that can do it. All right, get to the depressing part. 
injuries. Um, my mouse is broken, but um, first one, Debo is ruled out again, which is no surprise at all with a shoulder injury. Uh, we kind of knew that coming into the week. Uh, he should be back. I don't, I don't know if they have a bye n- next week, but um, yeah, this is probably his last week missing time. I hope so for Ryan. Uh, f- fantasy leagues. Yeah, he. Uh, I think they said it was going to be a two week absence right when it happened. So hopefully he's on. He's on pace. Um, but yeah, it sucks to see him missing time, and the, the Niners are surely missing him. Yep. Uh, Fields ruled out again. Uh, no, no, no surprise there. So um, Baggett, Bagnet, I don't know his name. I feel like that name is going to give me in a lot of trouble. Um, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> just move on. Um, it, it 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 is a downgrade for a guy like DJ Moore though. Uh, Zay Jones not expected to play. Who gives a shit? Uh, Daniel Jones ruled out again. Uh, with a neck injury. We talked about this last week. How it was kind of cryptic. Like, oh, he, it's his job when he can come back. And we said that kind of sounds like it's a m- multiple week thing. And now, yeah, we kind of called it. It's true. Yeah, so you see that you're going to see Tyrod Taylor out there again. I mean, if anything, Tyrod Taylor has been just as good as Daniel Jones was. I mean, arguably, possibly He's better. He's been better. Yeah, I'm not sure that I'm, you know, I'm not scrambling to pick up uh, giant pass catchers just because Tyrod Taylor's there, but the offense as a whole looks better. Saquon's having good uh, good performances, and the offense seems to be moving for a change. So, Darren uh, Waller's been picking up targets, actually doing good. One of Robinson's out is, is now a option. I guess as a sleeper. Um, yeah. It's so. definitely, definitely some good, uh, you know, some good things that have come out of this. So um, I guess you, you look at it as somewhat of a positive on the flip side, when Danny Jones gets back, hopefully he's actually healed and, uh, you know, won't suffer any more injuries. I will. I'm very interested to see if there does become a quarterback controversy. Dayball seems to be saying it won't happen, but it's always, uh, I mean, especially, yeah. in, especially in New York with the media, it's always a little bit different in, in execution than on, on paper. Just watching him on the sidelines yelling at Jones and throwing his tablet kind of shows he's like, you fucking suck, man. You paid you so much money. And it it was interesting today during the press conference uh, inquiring about Daniel Jones. uh, Dable did not allude to an actual week that he would return. So most thought that he had a shot to play this week. And then I think many would just logically say, He's not playing this week. He'll be back next week. But Dable is being very cryptic about when he might return, which prompts that whole quarterback controversy. Right. So we'll see how that all plays out. All right. Moving on. Kenneth Walker and Lockett. I thought Walker was back. I only saw on Thursday. I didn't get the Friday updates. I think uh, there's no injury destination for Walker. Lockett is questionable, but it sounds like he's turning in the right Direction, and, but and it's a handy. A Walker, I mean, sorry, um, Lockett was questionable all last week too, and then yep. he played he was fine. So, um, and DK is fully healthy; he's completely off the injury report as well. So, I would say for the JSN um, owners or truthers, for that matter, you might want to temper your expectations. I know he had a good game last week; it might be right back to business as usual um, with DK and Tyler Lockett both back out there. So, yep. uh, that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Dante Johnson, um, did, did, did not practice Thursday. He did return Friday though. Yeah. I thought the hammy was preventative even yesterday. Um, I mean, that's what he was 
out on IR with. So why rush him back? He's a guy that not that he doesn't need practice, but he's a guy who can play a game with minimal practice reps. So um, yeah, you know, it was scary though. I'm like, oh, if that's his, if if he actually got hurt again on the same hammy, probably at the year. So yeah. this is very good news. Uh, Dustin Knox to the IR. Of course, we saw Dalton Kincaid last night tear it up. Um, do you get two touchdowns or just one? Just uh, one. one. But he had like seventy-five yards. Yeah, he he looks he, he, fantastic. He was about two inches from a second one originally right. on a shovel pass in the first mm-hmm. quarter. Yep. Yeah, and Knox had surgery on his wrist, so his IR is, I mean, it's four weeks, right? But it's it could be longer than that on a wrist surgery recovery, especially to play tight end in the NFL. So. Um, this could be the the changing of the guard with Kincaid taking over. He, I mean, he looks good. So, yeah, these r- rookie tight ends are very good this year. Brock Purdy, yeah, kind of the trend, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Brock Purdy is still dealing with a concussion. Um, he's questionable, but hasn't passed concussion protocol. Um, so Sam Darnold could st- step in and go, which I think is still fine for the Niners. A similar kind of game manager quarterback, I guess. Um, so not the end of the world. Cause I think we saw Brock Purdy the last two weeks kind of, you know, come back to earth um, without Debo there, just kind of not the same. I think they lost two in a row, right? Yes. Yeah. So the first loss was to Cleveland um, <laughs> on a heartbreaker because Jake Moody missed in the front of his goal. entire family. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. And then I lost to Minnesota this past week on Monday night football. Um, Yeah. It's interesting though. So as far as the season goes there, the NFL is taking the concussion protocol much more seriously for obvious reasons, probably stemming back to Tua's uh, mishap last year. And then also the events that transpired with DeMar Hamlin, they weren't related to a concussion, but obviously it was uh, tragic and very jarring for most, uh, folks who are watching so they're being very intentional about the concussion protocol and an interesting stat is that there is not a person that has been diagnosed with a concussion put into the protocol that has played in the same or the following week this year so um, what's interesting is that San Francisco has him designated as questionable he returned to practice uh, yesterday and today on Friday Um, but the question remains will he actually get cleared through the NFL protocol interesting I actually didn't know that. That's that's good to know. Um, so it's something to look at, too, when you see a guy go out with a concussion. You know, we used to see him come back. If Now you kind of know maybe they're definitely out. You can plan for it more appropriately. Yeah. And another interesting part about that, I don't know if you guys saw, but where they believe he sustained their concussion was on uh, one of the tush pushes uh, in the fourth quarter. And he kind of just sticks his head forward, as you would. And uh, two of the Minnesota linebackers come over top and make contact head to head. And he just kind of falls back. But he finishes the game, but you could see that his stats really fell off in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I believe he threw both of his interceptions in the fourth quarter, which is a little atypical because Purdy is very well known for taking care of the ball. Yeah, it was like bad throws to Ayuk. Uh, I think J- Jennings too, but yeah, like if they put this guy out here next week and it's like, oh, he still has concussion, the Niners are fucked. They can get fined. So at that point, it's kind of like you gotta sit the guy like that. You're a good team. There's no point to risk something like you can get stripped of a pick. You know, if you put this guy out there and like, oh yeah, he's fine. Um, Deshaun Watson will sit again this week. 
Um, oh, this guy sucks. Yeah, I mean, dude, just dude. as a person, as a fantasy guy, as an NFL player, just, I just don't see this guy having a driver or care in the world to fucking play. It's just sad. Like, I, this team would be so good if they had Brissett still. Yeah, I mean, you saw them put up all these points last week uh, after he went out. I mean, 40 points or nearly 40 points without your, you know, superstar, whatever you want to call him, highly paid, fully guaranteed quarterback. Like, you would have just liked to see what they could do with that money spent somewhere else for, for a guy who's actually on the field. So, um, yeah, it sucks, and it hurts everybody on the team. You know, Amari Cooper, in a 40-point game, posted, like, three points. Like, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, DJ Walker's not going to sustain Amari Cooper's huge production week over week. It's just not going to happen. Like you said, Jacoby Brissett had a way better shot at doing it and, you know, did it last year. I mean, he had Amari Cooper as a wide for six overall in the year, and then Deshaun came in and he plum- he plummeted. So, right. You would have um, like, you would have liked to see them just stick with Brissett and spend whatever he makes a year, $40 million. Well, and that's, that's also a trade rumor now as, um, they're looking to bring Brissett back. Yeah. I mean, and I if that's the case, if that's actually true, that kind of shows Deshaun could be out much, much longer. Yeah. And I don't know how you can even move Deshaun if you're the Browns. Like, good luck figuring that out. But, well, well, it's because the Browns are paid in full. Yeah. You're, you're on the hook. <laughs> yeah. For yeah they're no looking for that. Like, so no matter yeah. what you get back, it's not enough. <laughs> oh, God damn. What yeah. a horrendous contract. And I think, uh, unfortunately, the, the biggest losers here is Miles Garrett's going for Defensive Player of the Year, right? That guy's been a wrecking ball. And hey, the defense has been amazing, but they're just taking the brunt of Deshaun's inability to play when he does and to get healthy when he isn't. So it's really, again, heart goes out to all the Browns fans uh, for the 50th year in a row, right? Like, I do wonder, from a trade perspective, though, if, like, if you found the right partner, could you just pay Deshaun what's he five years or six years under contract for all this money? Like, can you pay him like a buck a year for six years? And the team's like, okay, like you're paid by somebody else already. Uh, I'll trade you, you know, three first round picks to have my quarterback for a dollar a year. He sucks. So I wouldn't, but like, you know, imagine that he was good. Could you make that trade? I'm not sure how the Tyler. Yeah. yeah. Minimum. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the NFL. Nothing makes sense anyways with a contract. So I have no idea. Um, Another quarterback, Ryan Tanhill, is going to miss this week. Will Levis to get the start, but it sounds like Will Levis and uh, Malik Willis will split it kind of thing, which is a complete disaster for fantasy. You can't start either one of them. Not that I w- would have, you know, one was a starter. Um, this, this hurts the entire team. And I, I know pe- people say, oh, well, Derek Henry's going to be great because they're going to use the run game. But if they're down... 14 there goes the run game like they're they're completely screwed yeah that's one of the reasons that derrick henry's my sit of the week this week it's just i if i'm a, if i'm the opposing defense i'm gonna game plan to take away derrick henry and make will levis and or malik willis beat me yeah why I wouldn't you has the ability to do that you know even if you are a huge will levis believer it's his first nfl start and he's getting kind of thrust into it in the middle of the season it's probably not going to go well yeah it's too bad we, we don't have a Dick on the podcast is he is he's the only Will Levis guy. So um <laughs> like I picked him up in a super flex league and if he pops great, but like if he doesn't I'll, uh, I'll still though like, I'm not yeah. gonna start this guy anywhere. Right. Um what's next? Zach Ertz. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the IR with a quad injury. That's really it. Trey McBride's look good there, so I don't think they're they're too worried about Zach Ertz coming back anytime soon. Yeah, and it's as an, it's it's not a, a Dalton Kincaid thing, but Trey McBride will get a lot more work. Probably won't be you know as Kincaid esque, but maybe get you ten points a week. That's a win. All right, let's get to the good news. Kyler Murray is clear with knee injuries. He won't play Sunday. He's doubtful, but he's trending up. Um, fantastic news if you own him in fantasy. Sounds like he should be back next week. Um, I know you know their team sucks, and they do they have one win? Is that it? Yeah, just the one I think uh, but, over the Cowboys. But they lost by like two points in like three games. Yeah, so they should have like they're, three they're wins. They're like they're not the they didn't roll over like a lot of people were saying or thinking. Yeah, and uh, but Baker's back playing too. He's like, oh shit, this team's not that bad. I guess I'll play. Right, exactly. Um, and, and the thing, like, why waste him if they're that bad? But you know, you, you got to see what what you have if you want to move on from him. Like, oh, he looks great. And if not, all right, we'll get the first overall pick. Move Kyler next year. Win-win. Uh, Jerome Ford practiced on Friday, which is completely crazy. Um, I thought he was out. I mean, he just avoided IR. So you'd think like, oh, at least two weeks out, you know, Pierre Strong, Cream Hunt, Strong, Flux guys. Sounds like Ford's going to play. It is mind-blowing, but... Yeah, all um, the stories I saw were like, we're all super impressed by how mobile he is, given yeah. his pretty severe ankle sprain. Yeah, they said Thursday, like, holy shit, like this guy's actually not hurt at all. Just right. but uh yeah, so if you wasted Fab on Pierre Strong, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. TSF Listener League. We haven't talked about this at all all season. It's coming into week eight. Um just to kind of um going through the league, there's five teams that are five and two. Which is fucking insane. Like this is a close league, and then there's a uh, sixth place, four and three, and then follows three and four, three and four, which is us, TSF, at in eighth place. Kyle, where are you in this? Five and two. One of the teams at five and two. Yeah, and uh, I guess uh, for those that listen, you could go back to the original draft podcast. But I was uh, pick twelve out of twelve, and so I took Nick Chubb and Tony Pollard at uh, 112 and then 2-1 uh, moving back. And unfortunately, Nick Chubb, RIP for the season, suffered that devastating uh, knee injury. So team's been able to hold on. I think the Justin Herbert, um, Keenan Allen stack has worked very well for me. And then um, I put a significant amount of fab. I was trying to see, yeah, 40% of my fab on Puka Nakua, which also worked out well. Yep. So. Pretty happy the way that's gone. Although, um, personally, I'm a little, little concerned about my running backs, uh, as many are in many leagues. I'd imagine they're just very unpredictable, and uh, I think that they've been less of a hit in this year than they've been in any years prior. So I don't know where's your where your guys head at. I've been trying to, uh, been in trade talks with the TSF guys, but uh, we haven't been able to come to any agreement <laughs> yet. Nothing I, yet. No. I I took Jerry Judy. Um, I mean, I live in Denver. I thought he was going to be a solid wide receiver too, if not flex. And he's been around that wide receiver three flex ish, but, uh, he really scares me as does kind of that offense moving forward. But where's your guys head at? Yeah. He's hard to rely on. 
<laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he's my uh, breakout player of the year. So um, his performance is killing me um, for TSF. But back to the RBs, like it, it, it's been a weird year with it. It's hard to predict like you losing your first round pick and Chubb like that kind of all just your entire team. Like it's hard to like you weren't drafting like, all right, I got Chubb first round. I need to, you know, get an RB like round four and five in case he gets hurt. You're not thinking that like, it's one of those, like, you know, Chubb gets hurt. It is what it is. Like that sucks, but I'm not going to, you know, draft because I think he's going to get hurt. Um, but the RB landscape is weird. Like you have, you know, guys like Isaiah Pacheco, DeAndre Swift, who are now, you know, RB ones going forward in fantasy. And these guys were taking re- real late. Like besides CMC, uh, uh, Barkley, like I'm trying to think who else is like solidified RB one in fantasy. That's like, all right, like that made sense. Like it, it just, I, 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 you guys can talk, but I'm going to look at the, uh, Oh yeah. I'm looking at the rank right like the, the top guys that you expected. Like you said, Christian McCaffrey, it should be there, but like beyond that Raheem Mostert is near the top of, of right. the scoring in the league. Like that's not a guy that you, you drafted thinking he would be there. Devin um, Sean before he got hurt. ETN maybe, but like you, he was still later than a lot of the, the top studs. Montgomery Williams is not a guy you thought to be near the top of the Zach Moss, uh, HN or Sean, whatever his name is. DeAndre Swift, a lot of people thought was going to be nothing. Um, I mean, Brian Robinson is still RB 11. Like he's had some down weeks recently, but like it's, it's nuts. Those are not names you expect to see at the top of the, the list. And, you know, I think we even, we took Javante, uh, for our TSF team. And he's been, you know, like average, you know, we expected, you know, maybe he would break out. That'd be great. But we also have Brees Hall. So we expected him to do some big things. And then his offense kind of changed as soon as Aaron Rodgers goes down. And then Javante Williams has struggled with another injury and coming back from his, and he's finally ramping up. You know, like I think Kyle makes a good point though. The running back landscape itself is probably a little bit more desperate than it has been across, across the board um, in, in recent years. You know, you've always had those, top studs and this is kind of like yeah they're still out there but like like Austin Eckler is back but he hasn't passed over like six points a game yet yeah that was that's a weird one too because if you had Austin Eckler or if you drafted Austin Eckler even with the holdout you're like oh he's gonna be back and then he misses some time and yeah I mean you're probably hurting because he was probably a top five pick in your league you know unless you're super flex but whatever right no yeah um this was the year to do uh zero RB for sure. Like we always say it each year, this was the year. <laughs> like you could have had like I don't it's, know. It's like... every year. It's every year, right? I mean you guys did very well last year in that zero RB. I believe it was something to the effect of Diggs, yep. Cooper Cup, and a third stud at wide receiver. And I did three running backs in a row and my team absolutely failed. But um in the one twelve position this year, I just felt like there was great value at the running back position. Uh, with a Chubb and a Pollard back-to-back. But, I mean, Tony Pollard, right? He's He was another guy. Consistently, his ADP was beginning to middle of the second. Sometimes you'd see him taken in the first if people were very high on him. Um, and I believe right now he's he's outside the top 15 RBs, which is just crazy. Um, RB 17 and half-point PPR. So 
Yeah, it's just been very strange. And Josh Jacobs as well, right? These guys, Josh Jacobs, RB16, um, even looking at, yeah, like Derrick Henry's outside the top 10 too. So yeah, yeah, we've been saying it for years. You guys have been echoing it. I think it's time to really go wide receiver heavy every year from here on out until running backs prove us otherwise. Yeah, there's also, uh, I saw something recently about quarterbacks, and I think the quarterback position is what's been hurting our TSF team. I mean, Dak Prescott has not been good. Um, you know, we try to piecemeal other things together. Jordan Love, I think, is starting. I think we maybe started Baker at some point. I could be confusing that with another league. But um, I did see another thing saying, if you can get that top echelon quarterback, and right now that's kind of like Pat Mahomes and then the rest of the field. I mean, Lamar has had some recent performances that might catapult him up there by season's end if he can keep it going. But really, Pat Mahomes is in, in a tier by himself. And the thought process is like, if you can get a guy like that and have a huge positional advantage just at the quarterback position, and you're talking a difference of five to 10 points a week, like that's substantial as well. I mean, the same way we talk about Travis Kelsey, they're reinserting the idea of, of quarterbacks starting to have value because there's a long time where. I think a lot of us, I know me, certainly Scotty, I know is on board with it. Like we just didn't take quarterbacks until like the end of the draft and you'd grab yeah. like a Kirk cousins. And it wasn't that significant of a fall off between the super top tier guys and him. And now the math is yeah. starting to change. You can't now because like by the eighth round, people are taking their backup. Like fuck now. It's like, now I'm stuck with like Stafford, which is, uh, hasn't been bad this year, but like, yeah, it's, it's changed completely the last like three years. Yeah. Yeah. Mahomes hurts Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. I mean, the usual suspects are up there, but what is interesting is other guys that were going really high, like Joe Burrows, Justin Fields was getting a lot of hype. Trevor Lawrence, those guys have really kind of failed to produce as a top 10 QB. And once you're outside that top 10, are you really worth that? You know, first, second, third, even fourth round draft pick. Um, it's definitely interesting to look at right when like we did our last man standing league which is a little bit different uh, than a lot of other formats but uh, i know brett was chirping me about taking pat mahomes super early like maybe in the first round even and my entire thought process was just i'm gonna have a quarterback and i'm gonna be set for the entire the entirety of this dynasty it's worked out to this point you know, it's still early in the first year of a multi-year league here but you know i'm i'm not worried about who's playing quarterback for me on a week-by-week basis and it, it is great to have that set it and forget it guy which i have not had on a lot of my teams in, in past years. Yeah. And it's like one last point I'll make. It's like, it's very interesting that everybody was so skittish on Tua Tunga Tailova, Tuga Taga Viola. I don't think, I'm sorry, Tua. I butchered your name there, but just say Tua. It's fine. He, he fell so far ADP wise in many different leagues. And, you know, he's proven that he can still ball at something. And that offense as well is just got amazing pieces. Uh, we kind of talked about Mostert, A Chain, Ashan. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Tyreek <laughs> has been an absolute baller. I kind of hope he doesn't retire in 2025, but and and Waddle's starting to get some momentum now. But to see Tua fall that low is kind of wild. Yeah, it's yeah. almost you know people didn't believe he could do it twice, and here he is showing he can. And I mean, McDaniel looks legit as a coach too, so I'll give him as many props as I can. He seems like a a very uh, great offensive mind. All right. Um, uh, moving on. Start sits. Yeah. Dows. Yeah. Uh, my start sit is a quarterback, which I don't usually pick that often, but it's Joe Barrow. Um, he takes on the Niners. He's a week healthier coming off the bye week. And I think a lot of times when I'm looking at 
quarterbacks. I love grabbing quarterbacks that are coming off a of bye. You know, they have two weeks to prepare for the same opponent. Preparation like that in the NFL, I think, is absolutely key. And then, yeah, I think he's sitting at 56% um, start percentage right now. And, I, I mean, I know he's coming off the bye, so that could probably have something to do with it for people who haven't updated their roster for the full week for whatever reason. I know I said mine, like, immediately. But um, if that number doesn't creep up, I think people are making a huge mistake. You've seen the San Francisco defense look uh, a lot more vulnerable lately than they have in the past. I mean, Kirk Cousins just diced them up with uh, just Addison and not even Justin Jefferson out on the field. So um, I'm definitely expecting Joe Burrow to use his weapons uh, against San Fran and, and really see a big performance out of him. I think he's due for one. And hopefully he's fully healthy with that calf coming out of the bye. Yep. Yeah, 56% is very, very low. Yeah, for a guy uh, that used to be, you know, in that category just a year ago. Of yeah, top five, league. top six. Uh, my start, I will pick Rasheer Rice. Started him last week at 27% um, start percentage. He's now 29%, which is still way too low um, for the n- number one receiver on KC. Um, I know we've waited, you know, four to five weeks to see, you know, who is the guy in the office? Sky Moore, is it Rice? Is it Justin Ross? Is it MVS? Um, I mean, since week five, we we know it's Rice. I mean, not a lot of targets each game. I think he hovers around five to six uh, the last cu- couple weeks. But he's a guy that's used in the red zone. Like, if there's a guy in the red zone for KC besides Kelsey, of course, it's Rishi Rice. This is a guy that Mahomes trusts. Um, they played Denver this week. I know they played him two weeks ago. Uh, he had 10 points that game, but that was a Thursday night game. I kind of kind of washed those away. The, the Denver defense is so bad. Um, who's the guy that got suspended for four games or at least two games? Uh, Simmons on Denver. Oh, the uh, yeah, the, for the targeting hit or whatever it was. Um, yeah, yeah, safety. yeah, yeah. So he's not even there, too. So, you know, one of their best defenders is. I think it's Gone. Kareem Jackson. Kareem yeah, Jackson. That's it. Kareem I mean, Jackson. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. Okay. Yeah. So he's out. Um, Denver's, I think, the worst or second worst against wide receivers. Um, you know, I, I could see another, you know, seven targets, five receptions, 70 yards, hopefully a touchdown. Um, and that's like at, Worse, if he's not at least in your flex, I don't know what you're doing. Like, if he's on your team, you're starting him. So, um, right. 29% is far too low, um, for a guy like him. Yeah, they're using him a variety of ways too. They're even like giving him those sweep plays, jet sweeps, and stuff. It's it's nice to see him involved. I didn't think he would be, um, at that point. So, that's that's awesome. Kyle, yep, do you yeah. have a start that you want to toss out? I do. Um, I actually kind of had two. I don't know. These are pretty unconventional, but uh, Tajay Spears, we kind of touched on the fact that Derrick Henry, maybe that age cliff is starting to hit him and they, they're going to be run heavy. They're already run heavy with Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is out for an undetermined amount of time. You've got a rookie QB and well, Levi's coming in. So, um, and Tajay Spears also has been uh, getting about 50%, if not more, um of the snaps so he's she's pretty much right down the middle with derrick henry right now um and being utilized as a receiving back so i think the combination of the fact that both tajay spears and derrick henry are splitting snaps we know that tennessee is probably going to try to control the clock and go run heavy 
and you're going to have a rookie quarterback uh, at the helm there, potentially checking down or trying to get the ball into the hands of the playmakers in the backfield. Um, I do like Tajay Spears this week. He's only being started in 13% of leagues right now. Um, and the other one that I just wanted to float out there, similar type situation is uh, Jalen Warren. I mean, this is not new at all to those that uh, participate in fantasy football, but he is also splitting snaps right down the middle uh, with Najee Harris. And uh, especially in the PPR leagues, I really like Warren um, read a statistic today that Jacksonville is allowing the most receptions or second most receptions of any defense in the league to running backs. And uh, that's Jalen Warren's bread and butter. Any thoughts on that? I love that. And it goes well with Scott who has um, Najee as a sit this week. I mean, he he's looked better than Harris all season and it's a complete split. Harris is okay. The week, you know, his last game, cause he got the touchdown, but we see it on, you know, on film. Harris looks slow. Warren's the, you know, the juice guy. Like, if I'm a Najee owner, um, I'm scared of shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, both Najee and uh, Warren picked up a, a rushing touchdown last week. Um, but yeah, as you said, he, uh, Warren definitely passes the eye test versus Najee right now. Yep. Couldn't agree more. All right. I'll go on with my sit. Um, is DeAndre Hawkins. I, I think it's kind of pretty easy sit here. I know he had a huge game two weeks ago. But, um, you know, just backing off on Kyle, Titans are going to start either Levis or um, Malik or both. And I don't, you know, I, I, I don't think they're going to, you know, be, be able to have Hopkins go for like 100 yards or even a touchdown. Like if Tannehill, if Tannehill can't do it, these guys can't do it. So Hopkins, I think, is an easy sit this week. Um, he's probably been a sit all season. But, yeah. Moving yeah, on. There's no there's no other way. You know, nothing else to say. If, if Tannehill can't do it, I don't expect Will Levis to do it. Yep. Uh, Dowser sit. Yeah, I did this one just to spite Kyle um, because we've been talking about <laughs> it the last couple of days. Uh, but, no, I mean, there, there's a, a thought process here. So, I mean, 86% of people are starting Olave right now, and that's probably fair. Usually it's even higher than that. But Olave and Carr just haven't been on the same page if you watch them. I know we, me and Kyle kind of talked about it, and I jokingly sent him you know, a very hand-picked uh, video of Derek Carr overthrowing Chris Olave by like 30 feet and then yelling at Olave that he needs to run a better route, um, which is just laughable. But if you look at some of the advanced stats, like next-gen stats are on PFF, his quality of target is actually near the bottom of the league. Um, there are other guys down there that throw a lot of their receivers under the bus. Like Mac Jones has a terrible quality of target. So I don't even really factor him in because we all expect that. But Derek Carr, for what we've seen him do over the course of his career and always supporting a wide receiver at a high level, just hasn't been able to get the ball to Olave consistently um, in positions where he can make anything happen. Um, and whether that's his shoulder or some other reason, I don't know. And I, don't, I mean, it could very well be a valid excuse. But at the end of the day, the excuse doesn't matter if he gives you, you know, seven, eight, nine fantasy points. For Chris Olave, that's a failure of a week. You know, you drafted him to score you 15 plus. And if he's not getting there, you're probably not losing your matchup, but you're you're probably in a tighter game than you need to be. So uh, for me, he's a sit. Um, this matchup is probably on paper one of the juicier ones with Indy. 
um, especially after they just gave up 38, 39 points to, to Cleveland. But like we said, Amari Cooper didn't have a great game. And if he's allegedly the top wide receiver for Cleveland, then Chris Olave is the top wide receiver for New Orleans. Maybe they have one corner. I couldn't name a single cornerback on the Colts for that matter, but apparently they have somebody that's taken away top receivers. Um, so I'm going to kind of ride the, ride the wave here. And I think I'm going to sit Olave this week. And uh, I just think there's a real high percentage chance. He gives you a sub 10 point week, which is all we need for a hit in, in our start sets is sub 10. Um, you know, if he goes out and gives you 9.5, you're probably not going to be kicking yourself, but I think there's probably another guy on your bench that you could play over him that might have more upside. I mean, he's just driving himself, you know, crazy, literally. Yeah, exactly. He's distracted by the arrest too. He's, you know, his head's not in the, in the game. It'll yeah. be interesting to see how he responds from that. I, um, I'll be, I'm just genuinely interested to see how this works out. I, I'm kind of on the flip side. For me, the argument is Olave has been averaging double-digit targets all season long. Last game, he had 15. I know, uh, you know, Dows, you sent me a video of Carr giving him hell, yelling at him uh, for not pursuing a ball that was about 20 yards into the stands. Uh, nice souvenir for the fans there, but <laughs> he's getting the targets, and that's what is key for wide receivers. Obviously, touches are key for running backs. So you got to believe in the fact that the target share will prove out production. And um, yeah, I think again, back to your point, Indies uh, sub, they are a bottom 10 pass defense this season. Kenny Moore is their top cornerback as far as I understand. And he's a solid player, but uh, they've received trade requests for him recently is what I was reading. So Chris Ballard may ship him off probably not this week. Um, but besides that, they don't have a great pass defense necessarily, and they've been a lot of shootouts. So I think Olave pulls it out this week and beats that uh, 10 plus points that you guys use to quantify bus, but we'll see. I do want to put bet. money on the Shock and bet. Yeah. yeah, all right. It is it is interesting too that you mentioned if uh that there's trade rumors floating around for Kenny Moore because uh we've seen it happen before. He'd be a surprise inactive and then finds out that he's on the move, um, you know, following the game or, or shortly thereafter. Uh, and that could that could throw a huge wrench into whatever your defensive plan was for the for the game going in. So um, that's something to keep an eye on, definitely. Yeah, that's a great call. And then rest of the season, you know, if 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 Olave shows up here in Indy, he's got a cake matchup versus Chicago in Week Nine, and then again, Minnesota has not been a great pass defense in and that they're playing them in Week Ten. So um, I'm still believing in Olave, but I kind of have to at this point for where I own him in various leagues because. <laughs> You've either tried to move him or you've totally committed at this point. All right. Yeah. I mean, I've got dynasty leagues where people have told me that he's flat out untouchable. So people still believe that's, that is, that is for sure. I mean, the guy's good, but car's bad. Um, Not his car, Derek car. <laughs> car is very good. It goes fast. <laughs> yeah. His car's fast, but uh, Kyle, do you sit? I don't. I uh, was unprepared. So God damn man. it. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeper. I'll go first. Um, I felt strong about this yesterday. Pierre Strong. Um, now with Jerome Ford pressing full on Friday, it kind of sucks, but I, you know, I can't just change it. I mean, I could probably will, but um, <laughs> the thing was with Strong is um, he was on the field more than Cream Hunt. I know Cream Hunt had those two touchdowns on the goal line, but Strong is on the field more. Um, so if Ford is is there is back, I think it's you know it's 
more of maybe he's not fully healthy, um, kind of gets, you know, minimum work, maybe strong being on the field as as RB2 can get work in the passing game. Um, PJ Walker's, you know, back under center. I know he hasn't been the past game much, but last week was the first week strong was actually, you know, involved more. Um, yeah, I, I don't feel great about it now with Ford back, but in a day, I think he outsnaps Hunt once again and can sneak in for, you know, a goal line touchdown or something. Who the fuck knows? But that'd be, that'd be, uh... snap percentage means a lot in fantasy. So if he's RB2 with Ford there, that's great. Yeah, it's the same as uh, Kyle's argument for Olave, really. It, it's opportunity is king. Uh, volume is king. No matter how you slay, whether it's good, bad, or in between, you're on the field, you're getting looks. It's not bad. It's it's definitely it's step in the right direction. Eventually, the you know the stats will follow. Yep. I guess I can parlay that right into my sleeper as well. Um, you know, opportunity being key. My sleeper is Kendrick Bourne. Um, I, I feel like I've harped on him for the last three years, and I'm just going to keep doing it. But currently, 14% started in leagues, which is preposterous for arguably the wide receiver one in the New England Patriots offense. And while it's not a great offense, if you're the top dog in it, you probably need to be at least be started as a flex play in the majority of leagues. So Kendrick Bourne's my pick. Um, There's just, when you stack him up against anybody else who's going to catch a ball in New England, he's far and away better than Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton, who can't be on the field for more than one snap before he breaks in half. Juju, who can't even get on the field the you know, to break in half. He's breaking in practice every week. Um, Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki play completely different roles in Kendrick Bourne. And then DeMario Douglas probably is the closest guy to Bourne. And for some reason, he ends up in the doghouse after he makes a great play every week. So, um, yeah, Bourne's just my guy. He has been my guy. He's really putting it on on the field. And he's still Mac Jones' favorite target. The rapport that they two, them two have is, you know, undeniable if you actually watch the game. So, um, yeah, I'll be riding with Bourne again as a sleeper. I'm assuming if all goes according to plan, it will hit. They have a matchup against Miami this week, and uh, I, I know Miami is definitely susceptible to some big plays, and I think Bourne's the one to make them. Love Bourne. He's also very easy to like. You know, he just he's like a lunch pail guy. Like shows up, works hard, keeps his mouth shut, goes home. And he hates Patricia, so <laughs> very blue collar Boston. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm doing this right uh, for my sleeper pick, but uh, my sleeper picks Chuba Hubbard That's right, right now. He's only been started in, in less than 20% of leagues. Um, even though he's coming off a big week prior to their buy in week six, where he showed up pretty well against Miami was averaging about 4.7 yards per clip got in uh, on a six yard touchdown run. Now, Miles Sanders has been cleared from his injury. Um, that kept him hampered slash sidelined, and then they had a bye. So be interesting to see the split. But even before that, uh, kind of in the same vein as uh, Jalen Warren and um, some of the other picks I've thrown out in Tajay Spears, these look like true timeshare backfields at this point. And so I'm hoping slash fairly confident that Chuba Hubbard uh, will retain, you know, 50 plus percent of those backfields looks and he's looked pretty good when he's been on the ground. I think the surprising part for Chu Hubbard is that he's not getting the passing volume that was expected um, because going into the season, Sanders was meant to be the 
first, second down pounder. And then Chuba was going to be a third down back. He's proven that he can reel in those catches, especially for having a rookie quarterback at the helm. Um, but he's actually looked very good on the ground. So had almost 20 touches again in week six. So we'll see what he can do against Houston. Houston's actually, um, you know, with the D'Amico Ryan's led defense been pretty good, but they've been much better against the pass than they have against the run. Um, and kind of on the flip side, I mean, is this, is this the week that we see Adam Thielen return to normalcy, uh, with, with Carolina reeling it in and kind of game planning more, uh, it's the battle of what the top two quarterback picks this year for rookies in yep. uh, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. So yeah, that's my sleeper, Chuba Hubbard. See if it if it hits. Yeah, I mean he he's had more touches than Sanders. Um, the two weeks prior to Sanders getting hurt, so um, he was already on that you know track of you know becoming the one A to Sanders one B, and then Sanders miss a game. Hubbard looked great, so I think it's Hubbard over Sanders going forward i don't know how much you know not saying like you know he's gonna take the reins but like you know 15 touches can c- compared to 10 to win yeah i mean sanders does not look good so the job's surely up for grabs all right dart throws um i'll take mine uh me and dows did idp guys <laughs> because why the fuck not um <laughs> Mine is Zaire. Is it Zaire? I'm guessing Zaire. Zaire. Yeah, that's probably right. Zaire Franklin, the Colts, right? Colts. I think so. Um, yeah, he he's the top ranked IDP guy in fantasy. So I chose him. <laughs> like I'm, I'm I'm not an IDP guy at all. But I looked at the list, and um, besides the guy that Dow's is picking, I think these are the top two guys in fantasy so Dallas can take your dart throw yeah I took uh Foyasade Aluyakon from the Jaguars one of the top tacklers in the league every year if you play IDP in any of your leagues you know tackles are huge especially at the linebacker position um the good thing with him is he is all over the field he has incredible speed he'll tackle I mean a million guys a game it seems like he's always involved in the tackle but on top of that he plays a lot of coverage. Um, he also gets an occasional blitz opportunity from the coaches. So if he can add a couple sacks or, you know, one sack, even if he can uh, play some coverage, maybe get a pass breakup or pass defense. And then, you know, God forbid he gets a pick. He had a pick six last week. Um, he's got tons of upside that, that definitely gives him an edge over a lot of different guys at the linebacker position. And if you, again, play IDP, you know, linebackers are where your money's made. It's not on the defensive backs and, uh, and defensive linemen usually unless you have awesome scoring and if you have scoring that these guys have value definitely invite me to that league asap please all right deal. Kyle. i didn't i didn't get the idp memo uh <laughs> yeah sorry my dart throws elijah dotson and the rationale behind that um so he's the third string running back for those that don't know um for the chargers and he had a really good showing in preseason just looked like he was shot out of a cannon very analogous to Jaleel McLaughlin for the Broncos, who we've seen now actually carve out a role as RB2 slash kind of split and carries. Um, Javante Williams looked much better, got close to 100 yards last week. Um, so I don't know how that kind of transpires for the rest of the season in regards to their particular situation. But um, if you need a dart throw, the rationale for Elijah Dotson is is that uh, Austin Eckler was injured for a good amount of time there and re-injured or 
popped up with a new injury. So apparently he has a lower ankle sprain on his other ankle. That was not the high ankle sprain that he was uh, nursing prior. And um, really his production was falling off. So I don't believe, I think he's questionable in the injury report or actually will play. But uh, if they kind of manage his reps or sit him at all, maybe Dotson gets gets some run here and can burst a big one because Joshua Kelly has not looked good in a starting role when Eckler is totally ruled out. However, he seems as uh, the RB2 to do very well with anywhere from five to seven touches a game and busting a 40 or 50-yard touchdown. So that's my dart throw, Elijah Dotson. And if, if you're in Dynasty and you have the uh, bench space, you can pick him up and throw him on your bench or carry him on taxi if your league allows that because you look like a really solid talent in preseason. Yeah, and Isaiah Spiller sucks. So yeah, that was I'm going a guy who just disappeared. Isaiah Spiller completed. I mean, he he was great in college, but like a fantastic like sophomore and junior year, and then like fell completely off the face. Of the senior year was terrible. Draft draft stock terrible. Awful combine. Yeah, sounds like Chuba Hubbard. He was great, on but my now Chuba looks good. So, <laughs> um, all right, that will do it. I guess I'll take him out. Um, all right, TSF fan, thanks for listening. Kyle, thanks for joining from Colorado. Excited to hear about the uh, Denver trade deadline on Tuesday. See who they move. It's Judy Sutton. Anyone else? Um, but for me, Kyle, and Dows, TSF, stay fluid, stay loose. Top shelf fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay loose.